So last week, I experienced one of the greatest expressions of faith in modern, present time. It was so profound that it reminded me so much of the gospel lesson that we heard read a few minutes ago from Matthew in Luke chapter 17. Some of you probably uh, know about this incident because you either watched it on television or you read it on the internet or someone mentioned something in passing. And I'm talking about the young man, 18-year-old, who is the brother of a murder victim who at the moment of sentencing for sentencing for the ex-police officer in Dallas, this young man came up and asked her if he could give her a hug. And he said to her, I love you, and I do not wish any harm to befall you. And he hugged her in a full embrace for over a minute. And that image captured the world's attention. At least I hope so. Because in the midst of others, family members and friends who were uh, disappointed and discouraged and angry because the, the ex-police officer received a 10-year sentence for the murder of this young man's brother, he, in the midst of his own pain and, own, and his own loss, decided that he was going to exercise the gift of faith that God has offered to all of us, if we trust and believe that God is truly at work in us. So I titled this message, The Gift of Faith, because it is truly a gift. It is a gift from God. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God impossible think about that to please God and in Ephesians 2 I hear the Apostle Paul saying this about faith and our salvation he says that we are saved through the grace of God through faith and that is nothing that we could do of ourselves it is God's gift to us so that we could live in this relationship with God and in this relationship with others upon the earth. What an awesome gift from God for us to be able to live this life knowing that it is possible to do the difficult things that sometimes our natural self 
says that, no, we can't do this thing. What a gift from God to know that we already have within us everything that we need to live this life in right relationship with God and with others. What an amazing gift from God to let us know that when we profess this faith in God through Jesus Christ, uh, we can bear all the burdens that life will bring upon us. The burdens that will sometimes threaten to overwhelm us. The burdens that sometimes can cloud our eyes from seeing God at work in the midst of tragic situation. What an awesome gift for the church to be able to live in community with fellow Christians in a world that is burdened with brokenness, with sin, with disappointments, with evil, with everything. What a great gift to the church. And in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus was teaching his disciples. And in his teachings to them, the theme was about how do you deal with offenses in your life as a Christian in community of faith? And how do you put into action the principle of forgiveness when you have been offended? Not just one time, not just two times, but seven times in one day. Ah, if we are honest with ourselves, we might say that if you offend me just one time, I'm going to have a hard time forgiving you of that offense. Lest we forget that we are a special people. We are a unique people called by God, by grace, to live into the calling that God has given us in Christ Jesus and to demonstrate to the world that this grace, these principles that Jesus has taught us, they are possible to be realized when we put faith into action. So Jesus, you did not hear verses 1 through 4, but Jesus was teaching his disciples. He told them, he says, Look, you know, we are not to offend our brothers and sisters. We are actually not to offend anyone. And then he goes on to say, if someone offends you, if someone sins against you, you are to forgive them. And he says, if that person comes and say to you, I repent of my sin, please forgive me, you are to forgive them as often as they need to forgive them. He didn't put that seven days, and in Matthew it says 70 times seven. He didn't say that you have to count how many times you're going to forgive someone. But I believe it was given so that we could understand that we are always to forgive, 
Because when we think about forgiveness and we think about ourselves, we understand that God has forgiven us so much. God has forgiven us of all of our sins, past, present, and even the ones that we are to commit in the future. And if we have received this grace from God, and we are seeking to be Christ's disciples, should we do any less? So it's in verse 5 that you heard read from Matthew from verses 5 to 10. After Jesus told them about how they are to deal with offensive and how offenses and how they are to forgive, they in return responded to Jesus by saying, increase our faith. In other words, Lord Jesus, the thing that you are saying to us, we know we don't have that kind of faith yet within us to do, but we desire to follow you obediently. So they ask him to increase their faith. And what was Jesus' response to them? Interesting. Jesus said to them, if you have faith the size of a teeny tiny mustard seed, small seed, you can speak, and he used some incredulous illustration. He said you could speak to this mulberry tree and it would be uprooted and planted in the sea. Now, sometimes we can get caught up in all of these illustrations sometimes that Jesus uses. Because he really wasn't talking about, okay, that, you, that if you can't up, speak to a tree and uproot it and, and, and say, be planted into the sea, if you can't do that, you say, I don't have faith. What Jesus was saying in essence to them is that they already have the faith in them that they need. And if the faith is just a little tiny faith, it is enough to do great and powerful things for the kingdom of God. Don't worry about if you have enough faith. Yes, you do have enough faith because the faith that you have is a gift from God. And if God, who is all-knowing and all-powerful, has given you faith, then what do you need to do? Then you need to learn this faith that lives within you. You need to learn how to understand it and how to exercise it so that you would be able to glorify God upon the earth. So how do we do that? How do we learn about the faith that God has given us this gift? How do we exercise it? I'm going to tell you, it's in the word of God. Because we start service at 1017, and I think I told you all this before. I chose 1017 because it's scriptural based. And what does Romans 10 and 17 say? That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we can grow this gift that God has already given us within us 
by studying the word, meditating on the word. But it doesn't stop there. We now have to exercise. We have to apply that word into every situation, every circumstance that we encounter. This is what this young man did in Dallas on last week. I guarantee you that young brother's heart was hurting. I guarantee you that he missed his older brother. I guarantee you that it was difficult for him to get up off that stand and to go to this woman who was responsible for the death of his brother and to say to her, I love you. God loves you. I don't wish any harm for you. I wish this didn't happen. I wish my brother was here. But it already happened. And Jesus said, I am to forgive. Because you are remorseful for what you did that caused my brother's death and pain to my family for the rest of our lives. How else do we exercise that faith? We look to scripture and the Apostle Paul. You heard him in the letter that was read by Matthew in 2 Timothy 1 to 14. The Apostle Paul is one of the great giants of faith in the Bible. I would say next to Abraham, because Abraham was the ultimate faith hero in the Bible. And the Apostle Paul understood that the gift of God within him allowed him to be able to witness to the people in his times, to write the letters that he wrote, to encourage those who were coming new into the faith. And we hear in this letter to his protege, Timothy, a young man in the faith. Paul is in a Roman prison. He knows he's about to die for his faith. And yet, he takes the time to encourage young Timothy in his faith, in the witness of God's grace. And God's truth for his time and for subsequent generations to come, including us who are hearing his letter today. And Paul pours out his heart. He lets Timothy know that he truly misses him. He lets him know that there is something special within him. He lets him know that what is special within him comes from God. He lets him know that what he has within him started off with God. It is part of his heritage and now it resides in him. And why was it necessary for Paul to tell Timothy this? Because Timothy was experiencing in his time, in his world, opposition to the faith. Timothy had to deal as a pastor in coming 
with the people whose doctrines were contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Timothy had to face people who probably ridiculed him and talked about him and called him all kinds of names for his faith. Timothy had a tendency to be a little timid in his personality. But God can use all of our characteristics to increase us in faith, to help us to know the power of this gift that is within us that can move mountains and can move all the difficult situations in our lives. So Paul encouraged Timothy. Tell him, rekindle the gift that is within you. And we all need to rekindle the gift of faith by the Holy Spirit that is within us. Because if we don't rekindle it, it will stay there, it can fall dormant. And then we will not be able to have the power and the courage and the strength that we need to do the ministry that God has called us to in this time in our generation, in this world, with all of its challenges. So Paul told him, he says, look, God did not give you a spirit of cowardice, but he gave you a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Some translation says a sound mind. And God has given us, the believers in faith. We who profess faith in Jesus Christ, God has given us that same spirit, that same faith. And we have to decide how are we going to exercise that faith so that it can continue to mature and we can continue to do things that will impact the world and transform the world like that young man who put his faith on display on last week. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, he says, look, don't be ashamed of me and my suffering for the gospel. He says, in other words, I have no shame because what I did and what I am doing right now, I do it because I believe with the little faith that God gave me that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all I could ask or think. But can you imagine? Can you hear Timothy and Paul's bullies, as I call them, saying to them, well, where is your God? If your God is all powerful, as you said, why are you having to deal with diseases that have no cure? Why are you in prison? Why are you about to die for your faith? Can you imagine? Can you imagine hearing them saying that? Not only them, but can you imagine hearing your own voice in your own head at times when you are dealing with the challenges of life saying, is this God I put my faith in? Can I really trust this God? Can this God really deliver me from what I'm going through? 
can this God do what is necessary so that the churches can be filled on Sunday morning? Yeah, we have to claim what is real sometimes for us. Because I know as a pastor, the enemy puts those doubts in my mind and I have to stand on the faith, the gift of faith and say, oh no, my God is able. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. Hmm? Can you imagine that? Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God unto salvation for all those who are perishing. And we are not perishing because we profess this faith. But there are others who are perishing and others who need to hear the word of God in this time. There are others who need to know that even though things don't work out the way I expected them to work out, God is still able to hold me and to bring me up in such a place that my perspective on what I am dealing with will change and I can have peace in my soul. And even if I am to leave this earth, I know that where I'm heading is much better than what I have to deal with in this world. Right? I saw our VCI sign this morning on the poster board that says, faith in God changes everything. Did y'all see that? Now, some of y'all missed it. That's all right. Well, I challenge you, when you leave out of here today, stop and see that board. Because that's the truth. The gift of faith that God has given us allows us to look with our physical eye at the challenges before us. But then it allows us to go beyond that, to see God at work. And to see how God is moving within us and within others and within world situations and within circumstances to bring about change. When you have this faith that God gives us as a gift, it disrupts things. It changes things. Things are not the same. But God is working all things together for good. Because we love God and we are called according to his purpose. Today, as I mentioned earlier, we celebrate World Communion Sunday. This is the world we have for now. And there are others who are professing faith in the world. There are some that are being persecuted. We are so fortunate, so blessed to be living in a country that we don't have to hide to share the gospel. We don't have to wonder if people are going to come knocking on the door to arrest us because we dare to stand on the faith of God in the work of Christ Jesus. So we come to this table today. We come as knowing that we are a part of a bigger whole. We come to this table knowing that there are others who will be celebrating World Communion Sunday with us. And we have 
something in common. And the one something in common that we have is the faith that allows us to see God at work in us and in others and to know that we have to grow in this faith. We have to forgive as Jesus commanded us to forgive. We have to love as Jesus commanded us to love. And we have to hope as Jesus has given us hope through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, and through his promise that he will come again. So do you have that gift of faith in you? I'm going to ask you all this question. Do you all have the gift of faith in you this morning? Okay, because, you know, you all need to be shouting that loud because it's okay. Sometimes that faith falters, but you got to know what you know, what you know, that that faith is real and that faith comes with power. It comes with the power of God and God will never leave you, nor will God forsake you because you have been redeemed. You have been bought with a price. You have been declared righteous. Through Jesus Christ. And you have been set apart. To witness to this world. That faith is alive in you. Just like that 18 year old boy. Stood up and witnessed to the world. That faith. Is alive in him. He has the gift. Of God in him. And nothing. No one was going to stop him from sharing that faith. I hope that is your testimony this week. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for the gift of faith in us. God, we know sometimes that that faith, oh God, gets tested. And it is challenged, God. And sometimes, God, we fall short. But we are so thankful for your grace. We are so thankful for your mercy. We are so thankful for your spirit that reminds us and encourages us to keep on looking to you because you are able, oh God, to do the miraculous things in us and through us that no one else can do. And in so doing, God, you will be glorified. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and the people of God say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Hallelujah.